0: You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. What can the Texans do with one of their best skill players out for this season? In today's show, we explore those possibilities, give the progress of some injured Texans. Check out the latest in the AFC South. And look at who really graded out well in Thursday's Dolphins game. Welcome aboard, everybody. Robert Land from the Houston Sports Talk podcast, along with my co-host, Brian Patterson from fansidedshouseofhouston.com. Thanks for diving into your best daily source of Texans news, views, and interviews. And yeah, we're doing this daily, so make us a regular part of your schedule. Let's start off by looking on the Texans' MASH unit. Bill O'Brien says there's hope. Jonathan Joseph's injury is short-term, so that's good. The, the the knee injury that he suffered in the Dolphins game. Cornerback Sharice Wright, according to O'Brien, could be back for the Broncos this week, so that's good news. He says Aaron Colvin might be ready after the bye week, so that's after the Broncos. And then Deontay Foreman is about to get ready to start practicing, according to Bill O'Brien. So uh, there you have it. Maybe he'll be back practicing by the time some of you hear this. On Monday. Now let, let's go to Will Fuller, who might have just had a bruised knee. Until Brian Patterson stated in our post-game show that he thinks he's going to be okay. Now he's out for the season. Way to go, Brian! Golly, man. Well, it's all about me and being and having that glass half full. So
1: you know, I, I was hoping for the best. Yeah, but he was holding his knee, you know, and obviously, you know, it could be a sprain or whatnot. He was able to walk on his own power, but again, that's Not really how you measure things, you know, because I'm not a doctor. and I I don't claim to be one. But uh, really, I was just hoping that it, it was something that he could be out for just a short while and then come back. Just a real big loss to this offense, not only being a deep ball threat, but just a guy that had gotten together his drops. I mean, coming out of college when he was drafted. Uh, You know, his drop rates were were always a concern. He didn't have the hands, but he has really shored it up over time, and he has become a valuable asset to this team. Um, Obviously, Kiki Cutie is going to uh, get the nod at that spot. Um, I think he's going to be ready to go against Denver next week.
0: Well, he's your your slot guy. I mean, Kiki's your slot guy. Uh, It might be Vincent Smith. It might be Sammy Coates. I, I don't know. Uh, who it's going to be, and and you know, there's still no definite on QT coming back, but yeah, I, I think you're right. I think QT uh, gets back into the fold, but you know, with the torn ACL for Fuller, you know, this means this team's in desperate need of a deep threat, Brian, to get the double teams away from DeAndre Hopkins. Now, USA Today had a piece on possible veterans who could be available at the trade deadline, which is. Actually, right around the corner here, 3 p.m. Houston time on Tuesday. They they threw out a few wide receiver names among the candidates. The Dolphins, Devontae Parker, the Lions, Golden Tate, the Broncos, Demarius Thomas, who we're going to see if the Texans don't get him up close this week. But, Brian, maybe the most intriguing candidate. And I want you to get to some of these other candidates. But, you know, this is a guy that's similar to Will Fuller, is Tampa Bay's Deshaun Jackson and inside sources saying he requested a trade. He's making 11 million this year, but the 31-year-old has no guarantees on his 10 million next year and on Twitter, former Texans wide receiver Cecil Short said he'd be a perfect fit for the Texans and I agree.
1: I wrote about Deshaun, um, I have a piece up on houseofhouston.com by the way of three wide receivers that we need to target and I put Deshaun Jackson in my list before he came up with this quote today because I had a feeling he was not he was unhappy. His production remains high, yet he's not getting the targets. You know, they're all going to, uh, they're going to Mike Evans, and um, and you know, pretty much for that part. Uh, today he was getting some targets, but then you know, a lot of those passes, especially there was one in the end zone where um, he, he just did not catch it.
0: Yeah, he he wasn't happy with Jameis. Is the word that you're kind of hearing fluttered about, but then. Uh, Jameis was replaced by Fitzmagic and Fitzmagic almost had a good comeback, but you look at what Deshaun does and it's, you know, it fits to a T what the Texans need. There's no question about that, Brian.
1: Yeah. And just looking at his uh, performance, his overall receiving grade from pro football focus, it's an 88.4. He has an 85.3 grade on his drops. That's 10th in the NFL. So a guy that's not, Um, he's a full-time receiver, but he's just not getting the targets uh, as a full-time receiver. So obviously there's some discord between his production, yet his targets. The Texans need to go out there and rescue him, and I would definitely put on the table a third or fourth-round pick uh, just to come and get him. I think that that would be enough.
0: I I don't even know if you need to spend a third-round pick on him because— you know, he, he's making a lot of money if they do want to get rid of him. I mean, this year he's making a lot of money. And so only a certain amount of teams that the Texans are, I, I think their third or fourth most salary cap room of, of anybody out there. So there's not going to be a lot of teams that can fit him into to what they're doing. And yeah, I, I think it might be fourth or even a fifth round. I mean, I don't know because, you know, the thing about Deshaun Jackson, and, and this is why I don't want him long-term, Brian, is he can be vocal and, and that's not really a Texans thing. But you're only maybe wanting him for this year. You're wanting him for these last eight games, and I think that's something that you can uh, deal with. You know, in, in these last eight games with with uh, Deshaun Jackson.
1: He definitely can deal with them. Twenty-two point six yards per catch. <laughs> that's that's the kind of production that you're going to get out of Will Fuller. He would only be a five and a half million cap charge because we're at right at about the halfway point of the season. So he's not going to cost you a lot of money uh, against the cap. He, you're, it's just going to cost you a pick, uh, which I would say would be a fourth. You know, you may not even like you said may not even have to give a third. But if that's what it takes to get it over the top, I would do it because. Having a wide receiver, having a dominant wide receiver and another option outside of DeAndre Hopkins, who is going to be double, sometimes triple team, is is important because this offense needs to, to keep moving. And, of course, we can go with the guys that we have, but is that going to be enough? I don't think it is. We need to make a deal.
0: Yeah, just a quick thing on Demarius. He's a lot of money as far as salary cap. He's declining. He's somebody that probably wouldn't cost you a ton. But he's not going to make, I don't think, a major impact where he is right now in his career. Uh, Devontae Parker, they've got some injury issues with their wide receivers. I don't know if the Dolphins still think they can go somewhere. The Broncos, I think it, it, with the Broncos, I think it's just a matter of they they got some guys that they'd probably rather play than him. And, and Golden Tate, you kind of like Golden Tate a little bit, right?
1: Back when I wrote this, I was thinking, well, Deshaun would be nice to have Deshaun Jackson, but – you know, how reasonable is that as far as a theory? I, I know he's unhappy, but are the Bucks going to actually go on and try to trade them when they're in the middle of a uh, contested race in their division in the NFC South? They're going to need them if they expect to compete.
0: Yeah, they're, they're behind the Vikings, though, and the Panthers at this point. I mean, it's, I don't still think they have a shot. Not with that defense.
1: Yeah, it, it's always tough for them being where they're at. It's just, I mean, even as a wild card, the NFC is loaded this year, and it's it's just hard for a team, a fringe team like the Bucks, to make a playoff, to uh, have a per- playoff berth, uh, if you will. But the thing about Golden Tate that gets me, and I think he'll be productive, I think he honestly will be a great deep ball threat. He's not going to cost you a lot of money. Um, his cap charge would somewhere be around $3 million because uh, he's owed $7 uh,
0: million this year. But the but the less of the money, the more the draft pick's going to be. As, that, that's what I— I think that he could, we could lift him for a fifth rounder. I think
1: we could lift him for, for a fifth rounder. I don't think we'd have to go higher than that because he's not really used uh, all that much. You know, they have decided to go with Marvin Jones and uh, Kenny Galladay. So those are younger receivers that are getting a lot more production uh, than Tate. Tate is on a five-year, $31 million deal. It sounds like a lot of money, but it really isn't. So for us to take that on, that that would be an easy move. But the key thing about Golden Tate is that his drop rate is one of the worst out of wide receivers right now. Um, his his drop Grade that Pro Football Focus assessed out of him uh, was a 48.1. That's good for 142nd among wide receivers. So that is your sticking point right there. If we do get him, is he going to be able to catch the ball? Well, we've got a good coaching staff, and we're able to coach Will Fuller into not uh, dropping balls. But you know that took some time over seasons. I mean, Golden Tate can catch passes, but again. Um, he's, you know, 30 now. I believe he's 30, 31, if I'm not mistaken. And, you know, you wonder if those skills are declining. Deshaun Jackson would be perfect, but I would take Golden Tate. Uh, Devontae Parker, I just don't think that the Dolphins, if they they need him, they need him right now because, you know, the the loss of uh, Albert Wilson to injury for the rest of the season – and Kenny Stills his injuries are up in the air you you're going to need that option that guy doesn't drop <laughs> at all either he he is a terrific ball catcher obviously he was auditioning very well against the the Houston Texans this past Thursday i would
0: love to have him and and i wanted to say there's there's really like and i'm going to go through this in a second but there's it almost seems like we know who the six teams are going to be in the AFC that are going to make the playoffs. And I, I want to get to that. Save your final thoughts, maybe on, on the trade de- deadline a little bit and on, on this wide receiver for the end. Cause we, we want to circle back maybe to that, but just a final thought on will Fuller. he's on, he's on pace for 1100 yards this year. And you know, nine drops the last two years, you mentioned it hadn't dropped a pass this season. It's just unfortunate yes. what happened because he has totally transformed his body, added strength, turned himself into an excellent and more versatile wide receiver than we'd ever thought he would be. So uh, it's just a shame. And, and just a few seconds, we need to look at the AFC South, South results from this weekend and a couple of fun, happy numbers from the Texans win on Thursday. But first, just a reminder, if you're enjoying Locked On Texans, please tell your friends. You know the routine. Uh, you know, You can find us on Spotify, the Google Podcast app, iTunes. You can also rate us on iTunes. That helps us out a bunch. Email us at lockdowntexans at mail.com for questions or comments. And maybe you want to make a little bit of a wager on your next uh, few NFL games this year, this coming Sunday, or the one on Thursday night, perhaps, or even NBA games now that they've got going. If you'd like to do it, go to mybookie.ag. Remember who you're betting on. It's just as important as who you're betting with. They've been in business for years. They've got great reviews. Their mobile site Easy to use. I'd only recommend a service that's been good to me. That's why I'm urging you to make your way to my bookie. You win, they pay. They have in-game live betting over-unders on fantasy points scored and the most rewarding player perks in the biz. And this is really important. If you're willing to deposit after 6 p.m. Central, they're going to give you an additional $25 free play on deposits over $100. Locked on 25 is the promo code to activate that offer. That's locked on 25. And if you join now, my bookie's is going to match you dollar for dollar, visit them online today. And if you wait till 6 PM, you get that extra $25 free play by using locked on 25. Go ahead. Wait till after dinner. Take the extra money. My bookie, you play, you win, you get paid. Brian, let's take a look at the AFC South, the Titans with the bye week this week, but the Jaguars dropped another game on the Texans. They lose to the Eagles in London, their fourth loss in a row. Now they're two games behind the Texans. Brian, no matter what happens against the Broncos this week, the Texans will be in first place going into the bye. That's
1: just great news
0: and um,
1: something I did not expect at this point in the season. Very happy about that. But uh, the Jags, I mean, just a lot of issues going on. You know, the you know, the nightclub incident in London, you know, they they got involved uh, uh, with the law there. I think it's all cleaned up. It's all resolved. But you don't want to be you know, talked about partying the night
0: before a game. And, you know, you you, had to, you have to be focused. If you're James Harden, you party after the game, right? Uh, That's, right. Fr- That's right. Our friends with Lockdown, uh, Ben DuBose might remind us yeah. of that. But, uh, you know, a, a court, this is what I love, Brian, is according to Blake Bortles, Bortles Facts on Twitter, which is one of my favorite follows. it says, Blake Bortles has become the only quarterback in NFL history with 15,000 passing yards, 1,500 rushing yards, And a playoff win over the Buffalo Bills in his first five seasons. So there you go. If you're a Jags fan, you got that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I love that account. I mean, you you just have to follow it, especially as – You know, as bad as he has been playing as of late now, today was a better day for him. You know, he racks up, you know, more than 280 yards, did not have an interception, but he still fumbled the ball once. You know, he turned over the ball and that that is a key. I believe the Jags had two turnovers today and with a close game as uh, it was. Uh, you know, you, you just don't want things like that to happen because it's going to cost you uh, in the long run. But the Texans are starting to pull away. Um, Titans, yeah, they were on by this week, so we didn't get an opportunity to to talk about them. The Colts look great. Eh, it's the Raiders. Come on. They've got Marlon Mack back, and that's going to allow them to compete. Keep an eye on the Colts uh, now that, you know, uh, Andrew's got somebody to hand the ball off to because they just weren't getting it done on the ground. Andrew Luck is, is looking pretty good good right now. So I wouldn't say that the Colts are completely out of it, but we're far enough ahead where they're not really a problem right now.
0: We're halfway through this season. You know, you could practically assume five of the six playoff teams in the AFC. The Patriots, they're in. Chiefs, Chargers, Steelers, Bengals. And the last one is just the winner of the AFC South. I think that's your six teams, right Brian? I mean, I don't know. The Ravens maybe, but it's going to be tough to get them ahead of the Bengals and the Steelers in that AFC North, I think it's those six teams, unless there's an injury of some sort to some quarterbacks. Uh, I don't know. The
1: Bengals are such a crazy uh, wild card. Who knows how they're going to end up with their season? The Ravens may be able to get themselves uh, in there. And I honestly do think that of those six teams, the Houston Texans will be one of those teams. But I'm not going to necessarily say the Bengals are, are, are in, you know, as they are right now. But um, the Ravens, you just never know with them, and you know with Joe Flacco, is it going to turn to Joe Fluko? Uh, but so right now, <laughs> uh, but right now um, he's he's doing okay. So uh, yeah, yeah, that that's that's the way I see it from there.
0: Brian, we're not going to beat people over the head with all these pro football focus numbers, but you know Justin Reed taking sixty six snaps. And leading the Texans with a ninety out of one hundred and an eighty nine in coverage. I mean, he's really starting to live up to that locked on Texans height, baby.
1: That's right. <laughs> That's right. Um getting and I think he was really excited about that interception uh that that he got off of Brock Oswaller. I mean, um he, he saw it, he he studied it. He went out, he came, he saw, he conquered as the old Adage uh, gives. And he's only going uh, to continue to get better. The,
0: the, the Texans blocking grades, by the way, we, I just got to run through those real quick. And, and if you want to add a couple more grades in that, that kind of interested you. But Kelimente, 86-8. Nick Martin, 83-2. This is just pass blocking, okay? 86 mm-hmm. eight, eighty 2 Mance, 80.5. Davenport, 79.7. Kendall Lamb, 61.2. I mean, that's ridiculous for the Texans offensive line. You just you got to give them a little like cheer and applause and whatever. Yay, Texans offensive line! Woohoo! Yeah, it <laughs> yeah,
1: it, it was a good good situation for those guys. And you know, I'm I'm still at a point of when Zach Fulton comes back, what do you do with Greg Mance? You know, I proposed this for quite a bit. How about you move Greg Mance over to the left side, left guard? And then you have Zach Vaulting come back at right guard. You bench Calamante. But after the game he had last week, you're, you're thinking, okay, is that going to be the right move? But I think to squeeze the most production out of this unit, you have to keep Greg Mance in the starting line.
0: Tyler Irvin. How about Tyler Irvin with 50, 57 snaps on offense over the last two weeks? That's about one-third of the number of snaps he's had over his entire career. Did you see that?
1: Wow! Yeah, and and I've, you're noticing you're seeing twenty one out there more, and he has not fell apart. So I am happy about that. So uh, let's let's continue to hope that that is the case for him. He is making a lot of plays on uh, special teams. You know, he is our our number one key returner, and uh, he's been able to to get some good chunks of yardage, you know, up the field. So I, I just only hope that that continues because, you know, we drafted him in the fourth round for the reason of his versatility and speed. So, uh, yeah, good things for Tyler.
0: Give me a quick, is there anything else that any quick number that you wanted to throw out there before we uh, move on?
1: I do want to say that with Deshaun and his situations under pressure. Now the week number week eight numbers aren't out, but there is definitely a, um, A digression of numbers as far as his sack percentage when he's under when he's under pressure. Against the Bills, he was sacked thirty eight percent, thirty eight point nine percent of the time when under pressure. That's for a twenty seven point nine quarterback rating. But you know, against the Jacksonville Jaguars, seven point seven percent when under pressure, and he's at a forty four point two rating for for what he's throwing. So basically, what's what's happening is this new mantra, this new style. Where Deshaun is more of a game manager, more careful with his legs, more careful with his body. Throwing the ball away whenever it's appropriate, sliding whenever appropriate is working. He's not getting sacked as much whenever he is is put under pressure. So this is not only saving his body, but it's making him more productive as a quarterback.
0: Okay, I'm about to hit you with some historic Deshaun Watson numbers, but first, hey, subscribe to our Locked On NBA podcast because every single week, Sam Amick. Of the Athletic, formerly of USA Today, and boy, he he was the guy right behind Woj as far as breaking news. I think he might have even broken the Dwight Howard to Houston uh, stuff back in the day. But but he's he knows his stuff. He's really good. Sam Amick, and then Ben Golliver of SI. Both of them are are regulars on the Locked On NBA podcast. Now they are weekly guests with David Locke, who is your host, and many of you. Uh, We'll also remember a guy named Sage Rosenfels. Go to go check him out on Locked On NFL with Matt Williamson. Uh, I was a guest with Matt Williamson this past week, so you you might want to go listen to that. That was after the the, the fourth win, not not after the Dolphins win, but the the week before. Uh, so uh, yeah, Locked On NFL, Locked On NBA, uh, Locked On Rockets, Locked On Aggies uh, for for all the local stuff. So and, and there was also a Locked On Baylor now. So. Lots of good stuff in the Locked On Network. All right, we'll get you hyped about Deshaun Watson now, and you can share these with your friends at the Water Cooler, Brian. Uh, Deshaun, 34 passing touchdowns in his first 15 NFL games, that second in NFL history. He has four games with over four touchdowns or with, excuse me, with four or more passing TDs since 2017. That's tied for the most in the NFL. He has two games with five or more passing TDs since 2017. That's the most in the NFL. And four games with four or more passing TDs in his first 15 games, which means he's tied with this guy, Patrick Mahomes. You might've heard of him. He's kind of fun to watch. That's they're tied for the most since 1950. 1950, those guys in their first 15, which is basically a full season. So, really cool stuff, Brian. Hey, this trading deadline's coming up on us, uh, really quick now. I mean, we're recording this Sunday night, it's Tuesday afternoon. I I think Deshaun Jackson would be their number one target. I'm sort of guessing. I don't know about you. I'm not expecting them to go out and get a cornerback or an offensive lineman. I know Texans fans. That's what they want. Uh, With Deontay Foreman supposed to be coming back pretty soon, I'm guessing that they're not going to go get a running back. I mean, I'd love it, like I said uh, in earlier podcast, if they went after Levy and Bell. What are you you thinking about as far as the trade deadline? What's your kind of last thoughts on all that?
1: With Will Fuller's injury, yeah, definitely a wide receiver. You, you need that. That is the most important, one of the most important positions outside of quarterback uh, in in an offensive scheme. Uh, you, you know, with the, you need that second option outside of DeAndre Hopkins, as I talked about earlier in the show, and that's what they need to focus on. Now they brought some guys in. Yeah, I believe they um, brought in a few wide receivers uh, through uh, the week uh, to work out, but they haven't signed them. But if you want to make an impact, if you want to make a splash, and you want to put your imprint on your era, Brian Gain, go on and try to go get Deshaun Jackson. You're going to make a lot of the fan base happy, and you're going to reap the rewards of someone who is ready to contribute in a robust offense. And besides, he's got Deshaun Watson throwing to him. He commands a lot of respect just for a guy this young, he commands respect like a veteran, and and that's something that you cannot compare to a, a Jamis Winston. I'm, I'm just so uh, hopeful that the Texans go for him.
0: We'll see. I mean, it's going to be interesting here. And and tomorrow night show we've got scheduled on uh, Troy from Texans Cap, uh, very knowledgeable about the money situation. So maybe uh, he'll have some information there. We also, uh, you know, it, it might we might have a trade by that point. So we're hoping maybe something will happen. Uh, You know, usually this stuff kind of comes down to the wire. But Monday, with the Texans not playing the last few days, maybe something will happen on Monday, Monday afternoon, Monday morning. We can kind of give you the breakdown of it in the next show. But we'll have Locked On Broncos host, uh, our friend Cody over there, will come on with us and we'll preview the Broncos game this coming Sunday. Looking forward to that. Don't forget, uh, LockedOnTexans.com. That's the place to go For all your Texans info, we've got stories as well as the podcast. Brian, he's got all of his work on HouseofHouston.com, a fan site affiliate, my Houston Sports Talk podcast, Uh, everything from Rockets to Astros and even a little Texans thrown in, Cougars, Aggies. You never know what's going to come up over there. But uh, that's all we got for this show on a Sunday night as we're recording this. As always, thanks for making us a part of your week.